much, not much, not much. How was your, uh, you know, dentist experience? Because you lost a lot of wisdom today. Yeah, um, the wisdom was, yeah, I took a wisdom tooth. I was loopy for a while. Um, they didn't sedate me, so I basically just went in, like, just straight pain. I took that shit like a champ. So basically, you're now dumber. Hey, they call it wisdom teeth for a reason. You are now dumber. Well, it doesn't take much to be stupid when I'm talking to you, so you kind of lower my IQ points, so. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're, You're a funny guy. You are a hilarious guy. You should be eating salad, you fat little jerk. Well, it's it's mainly gonna go for how COVID is, but August twelfth, twenty twenty one, we will have the Chicago White Sox and the New York Yankees at Dyersville, and it's the Fill the Dreams game, Iowa, the first game, the first Major League Baseball game Iowa has ever seen. Hoping fans will be there. And the stadium is very close to where the movie set was. And that is the Lansing Farm. Where we saw ghosts come out of the crops and play some baseball. So I I think that's going to be exciting. I'll tell you this. If the world is not better by between April and when Field the Dreams of it, we're not there by then, then we have real issues. There's, there, there, we, we can't, we can't go into, we can't go into like the, the, the next baseball season have these same problems. It just can't happen. It, 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 it can't. So we gotta hope and pray that when baseball is, you know, in the up and up, these problems don't exist. Well, listen, if we want, if we want a baseball season, if we want a basketball season, people just have to do the right thing. Um, normally, normally when my family has Thanksgiving, you know, we, between the kids and the grandparents and all of us, we have about 40, 50 people. You know, we have, we have one long table and then the kids' table. So we're not doing this shit, that, that this year. We're staying in our own homes and... You know, some people may choose to get together. And and if you want to be with your family, cool. But if you do like my family where you have a bunch of people, don't do that. Just just stay home. Be responsible. It sucks. It's it's not what you want, you know. May, maybe have a Zoom set up. You know, it's not the same, but at least you could talk to that person. And that's, that's what it's just going to have to come by. You know, there's... And, and, and same thing has to happen for Christmas too, man. Because this thing is not magically going to be better by Christmas. It's not. It's, it's you know, it's just us thinking stupid that, that it's not. And more importantly, again, because it's the holidays, give back, man. If you cannot donate. Now, everybody should be able to donate $20. But let's just say you can't. Spread the word. 
give her time at a soup kitchen, hand out some food, wash some dishes, hand out vouchers if you can, do something, and if it can do that plus donate, that's even better, because there are a lot of people who can't be doing a podcast, who can't be watching TV, who are freezing in the streets right now, because maybe the closest shelter that they can go to is full at capacity for the night. So, that's the most important part because, you know, over the holidays and throughout the year, we we can be selfish as people, you know, and, and that's only normal. You know, it's, it's not like we're doing it on purpose, but, you know, we're just busy with our lives and, and stuff gets forgotten. But through times like there, if, if you have an extra $20, and you don't need that full 20, give five to a homeless man. If you see a lady on the streets, buy her a coffee. You know, if, 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 if you don't want to give them money, do that. Buy her a coffee. Buy them a donut. Buy, buy them something nice to eat. Just be charitable. Because at the end of the day, if you're lucky enough to have a good life, you got to give back. Because if people don't give back, where would this world be? Kids, the Yankees are not going to 
win the World Series. They'll get to the playoffs because their offense, because over a close of 162 games, their offense will smash the ball in, into oblivion and get them to the postseason by default. But there's no way, I mean, in no world, in no world, will the Yankees win the World Series with, with a group with Garrett Cole and kids. In no world. In no world. Yeah, well, um, we do have a guest tonight. Her name is at her name is Kendra Douglas. She's a sports reporter at Wesh. That's their Twitter, and it's Central Florida's local Louv live n- late breaking news. And she also she is a UNC Trackfield alumnus, and she's a taco connoisseur. Oh, I can't wait to talk to her. We got to talk to some UNC, you know, the, the, the Carolina football team is, you know, doing well. And then we also got, we got, well, we got college basketball that's going to be starting this week. So I'm looking forward to talking to her, get her opinions on that. Yes. So? So 2020 has been a pretty crappy year. You know, how has your COVID experience been for you so far this year? My COVID experience with like work this year? Yeah, work, you know, just staying home, you know, han- handling the, the COVID so far. Um, so far, I mean, I think it's just one of those things you have to roll with the punches and you just kind of have to take care of yourself and, and, and take care of all the things that you can handle. Um, I moved to Florida during all of this, so that was challenging, and I ended up selling so much of my stuff. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's so good to see, you know, sports come back, but it's crazy to see how we're postponing games and we're canceling games and basketball season already is canceling games. It's, it's, it's definitely eye-opening for sure. Hey, Kendra, it's James, the other half of the sports dudes. First off, how are you today? That's number one. I'm I'm so glad. And number two, so I want to get into this story that happened. So Clemson and Florida State cancel, and Pavel Sweeney was going at Florida State saying it wasn't really really us, it was them, and they were upset, and they were wanting to play. What do you think about that weird story that happened between Florida, sorry, Florida State and Clemson? Yeah, it, it was one of those things where it was very, um, it was weird because, you know, I, I honestly woke up to watch the game and then I, I got the message that medical personnel, both sides, medical personnel decided to um, not have the game. I, you know, the reports are coming out and, and the report says that there was a player on Clemson's team that tested positive for COVID that Friday night. And I guess he flew with them. This is what all I'm reading from reports out there. And so I guess he flew with them. And, you know, then they just kind of decided that wasn't the smart thing. I feel bad for Clemson because I know that that's a lot of money coming out of their town. And I know that that's that's a big price to pay. But at the same time, like, Clemson's not hurting in that department. They're a really good, strong program. Um, I think that Florida State is willing to play them again, and, you know, um, hopefully they do. And 
Uh, it, it definitely was a really weird story, but I think that if the coaches really, you know, I think the coaches both have to understand that we are playing in a very weird time. We're playing during a, COVID, a, a pandemic time, so I don't know, I think you kind of have to just roll with the punches about how it all goes, you know? Like, it, that's the weird part about all of this. How was it like doing track and field at North Carolina? It was cool. It was it was definitely an experience. Um, it was so much fun to just be a part of a team and be a part of a program. I loved it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, track been in, I've ran track for a very long time. Um, a lot of my family were all athletes, so it made sense to also um, be a part of that and. and definitely running college. It was amazing. It was a great experience. Now, since you're a North Carolina alum, um, you must be very happy with how the North Carolina Tar Heel football team is playing with Coach Mac Brown. Um, has he exceeded all the expectations that were given even with this unusual season with COVID? Yeah, return of the match. You know, I think last year, everyone was a little bit worried, and going into this year, everyone was pretty pumped to see what would happen. Um, I think that when you see a coach like that, he's done very well in college basketball, college football, excuse me. You have to understand that it takes time. Um, I think he's on the right trajectory. I think he's doing the right thing. Um, I think that there's more that can be done, of course, but I like the way that they're going. I think they're going uphill. I think they're, they're moving in the right direction, and it's been very fun to watch my Tar Heels this year, um, play football. It's one of the greatest rivalries in sports, I, I think. You know, what's it, what's it like being on campus on a day where UNC plays Duke? Uh, it, it's like, it's like a holiday. Um, yeah, it's legit like a holiday. I mean, you know, everyone just gets excited. Coaches get excited, teachers get excited, everyone gets excited for these moments. Um, that um, the way that UNC is playing and I think the way that 
this team is really coming together, I think you'll see more energy towards that Duke and USC rivalry. But yeah, I, I got to say basketball kind of takes takes precedent over that one. So, what do you most like about tacos? Tacos. Yeah, you're 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 a ta- you're a taco connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I tacos are my favorite food. I was not expecting that. Yeah, tacos are like my favorite go to food. Um, I am really big on crunchy tacos with chicken and um, everything on them. Um, I I don't know what it is. It's just like the best go to thing you could ever just eat. Just, I I can literally eat tacos every day. <laughs> I think Taco Tuesday is like the best thing that was ever created. You gotta love Taco Tuesdays. Every time you look forward to Tuesdays, it's like Taco Taco Tuesday. <laughs> um, I gotta ask this though. Like, I want to take a little bit to professional. Um, I think with the Charlotte Hornets, um, I'm not sure if you can follow that closely, but you know, Michael Jordan, as gritty, as great as he is as a basketball player, I think we can all admit that. Michael Jordan is the greatest NBA player to ever step foot in the basketball court. I think there's no question about it. But as an owner, he's been... Little to be desired. They only made the playoffs three times, and they lost every single playoff series. But they recently drafted the Mellow Ball, and things could be turning up around. They just signed Gordon Hayward to a long-term contract, which is ridiculous. But, hey, you know, it is what it is. What do you think of the direction of the Charlotte Hornets out there in Charlotte, North Carolina? Yeah, so um, it's funny. My granddad is a huge Charlotte Hornets fan. So we we have all the throwback year before they were the Bobcats. So, you know, Charlotte Hornets run deep through my family. But, um... I think I think Jordan has something up his sleeves. I think that he has some really key pieces. You also have to remember Graham is there, Devontae Graham's there, and I think he's a very standout. Yeah. So so you kind of have to see like the pieces that they already have and see what they're going to come together. And I think if this team can play well together, if they can mesh well together, I, I think you, you're going to see a really strong Charlotte Hornets squad. I don't know how you're going to see them in the playoffs. I don't know what that looks like future-wise. I don't know if that's something that, you know, you kind of have to grow into. But um, definitely interesting what Jordan did, for sure. I don't think anyone saw that coming. My, my timeline was buzzing like crazy during that free agency. But um, I, I have high hopes. There, there it is. I, I have high hopes that uh, they can they can be a really good squad um, coming together. Over the past few years, Lavar has kind of been somewhat of a good person. You know, not not getting into the media too much. With his son now getting another son getting drafted, do you do you think he'll get back in the spotlight and and kind of be a problem? No, I don't. I think I think you're right. Like it's weird because I think that I I was I was just literally thinking about that the other day. How like I haven't really heard much from the dad, and he was even kind of like quiet during the draft. You know, like he wasn't he wasn't going too crazy or he wasn't going wild. And I think um, I think now more than ever, uh, I think his kids kind of see you know what he can do. I think his kids realize like who he is. They love him as his dad, whatever. But. I think they can control the narrative more, and um, 
Um, he definitely has the room to grow now um, and the room to shine, and I think you're seeing that. So, you know, I, I, you know, wherever, whatever happens to him, whether it's in Charlotte or, like, moving forward in life or whatever he decides to do, I think the sky's the limit, and I think he'll continue to um, definitely show off that he's, he's a really good basketball player, and he deserves to, and his name deserves to be, you know, in, in talks in, in every category. So, yeah, I don't know. Florida sports is kind of on the come up now. The Marlins made made the playoffs. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. The the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are just taking on the field, trying to win the division and get into the playoffs for the longest, longest time. The the Miami Heat lost in lost in six in the finals. Um, what do you think of? is going to happen for Florida sports in the next five years? Uh, next five years? Well, I mean, if we're talking about, like, even this year, you got to remember the Raptors are playing in Tampa now because they can't play. Sports um, in Florida are booming. Um, when it comes to, like, the Rays, I mean, it's the World Series. I think right. they'll continue to reload and do well. Um, I think the Buccaneers, I think the Bucs will definitely um, – be competitive this year. I don't know how it's going to look going into playoffs and everything, but I think we'll definitely remain competitive. I think that what, the good thing about this Bucs squad is they seem to grow with each other every single game. And they seem to really put the pieces together at every single game. So, you know, if that means that by the time playoffs come around that they're going to be a well-oiled machine and they're going to be great, then, you know, they definitely have a chance of, Getting home and, and playing in the Super Bowl at home. Um, when it comes to like, teams like the Heat, I think that they were definitely a team that I know that when I, mean, I was filling out my bracket, I was a little unsure. I kind of like, should I go for the Heat all the way? Like, what should I do? Like, I don't know. And, you know, I, they definitely threw uh, me for a loop and, and they surprised me. And I'm, I'm pumped to see how they do um, this season. I mean, the season is literally around the corner, like next month. So um, I think that. And then, of course, with the Magic, they just got Cole Anthony, and then they got a couple other guys. They re-signed Ennis and Michael Carter-Williams and um, a couple other guys, too. So I think they're looking to reload, especially with the loss of Jonathan Isaac. I think overall, Florida sports are definitely going to um, do well this season, and I, I'm excited that we get to cover them all. Um, that's, uh, I do, I am impressed with Tom Brady for a man of his age to be doing well, um, especially with all the, with all, trying to feed all the receivers, because, you know, you got Gronk, you got Godwin, you got Evans, and now you got Antonio Brown, Florida Swartz has been seeing me doing a lot, especially with Tampa going to the World Series, the Lightning cheating their way to a Stanley Cup championship, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's good, it, it's good to see, yes, I'm not over what, what, what the Lightning did, I'm not over that, but it, it is what it is, what it is to see Florida Sports. Listen, Kendra, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not over what, what, what the Lightning did. I'm still angry, but... Tell her why. Is, I, I give my... Mm-hmm. Tell her why you're, why you're so angry. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to let her figure it out. I'm going to let you oh figure it out. Why are you so angry? Well, you beat a team to get you to the Stanley Cup. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I also there was some chippiness going on. I I think it had to have been like um, game three 
I believe there was a lot of shit going he, on. He's an Islander fan. He's so players. scared to say it. He's an he's an Islander fan. That's why I'm, I'm so ashamed. That's why I'm so ashamed. What's wrong with you? I, I, I can speak for myself. I am so sorry. Yes, I'm an Islander fan. I'm not over it. Okay, okay. I, I can understand that. Um, so, do you not support them winning, though? Like, I mean, I mean, what, do you, do you just wish they didn't win? Uh, I, here's the thing. I, it's, it's weird because a part of me was like, listen, when the Islanders lost, they lost to a team that won the Stanley Cup. So, it's okay. not, so, so you lost to a team that won the championship. It just hurts because when the Islanders won game five in double overtime against the Lightning, I thought that this, you know, because Tampa usually doesn't do well when it comes to, like, the postseason because the last opportunity they had, they choked it away ever since, you, ever since they won, ever since they got to the finals in 2015. And I thought this was going to be another year where the Islanders are going to go on a run, win the Cup, win it for Long Island, and, you know, look... I am impressed with Tampa. They have such young players. They are so talented from top to bottom. Their lines literally are just unstoppable. They can play a high-scoring game. They can play a defensive game. Their team is just good. I'm just jealous because I don't have a lot of talent that you guys there. We just have to grind our way to where we are. So it's more of a jealousy, if anything. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Well, hey, I'll say the same that everyone says. There's always next year. <laughs> That's that's so beautiful. Um, another another most important hire, you know, a couple of weeks ago, the Miami, the Miami Mar- Marlins hired the first woman GM in North American sports, Kim Ang. You know, it's after thirty long years of working in baseball. What what was your thoughts of that? You know, it's so interesting to see. 2020 has been so crappy, but then there's, like, moments like that where you're, like, we're getting somewhere. We're making changes. Like, I know that, you know, everything's been canceled. I know that life just stops right now, but, like, we're making strides in, like, history. I mean, tonight, like, there's an all-black officiating crew for the NFL game for the Buffs and the Rams. Like, these are the moments where you're just, like... I know that the world is just hitting us, throwing us blows, but there's going to be moments like that where something something happens that's historic and makes us realize, like, we're moving forward in the future. It's about time. I think it's beautiful. I think it's an amazing thing that that happened. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing more GMs in this role take this role, and I'm looking forward to seeing more women um, and, and try to take positions of power. It's, it's amazing, and um, it just motivates you to, to you know, just cheer women on and be like, there you go, we're doing something. That's awesome, and, and, and what has to be next is, you know, you know, now that they're having all-male African-American referee crew, you now have, you now have to have an all-female officiating crew. I, I think that would be great. Um, a couple months ago, they had the Washington football team, I think, against the Browns, or, or it was another team, and both had... Oh, no, it was no, the Browns. It was Bra- the Browns, Browns and, and both had a female coach, and then they had a female ref. I, I thought that was exciting. And, and, and you, know, it, you know, it's 2020, so it sucks that we're first getting to these moments, but at least the barriers 
are breaking. Last year, the the Colorado Rockies had the first ever all-women booth. So, it's just little, little stepping stones that, you know what, it's about time and these barriers just have to keep on being broken. Exactly. It's, it's about time. I, I, I love that. And I'm really happy to see all this happen. And I'm, I'm happy to be able to report it and be a part of it. It's kind of one of those things where I get to say, you know, you know I was here for this or I was around for this. So we got to keep, keep it going, though. This is just the beginning. I also want to want this to be more normalized because I don't want this to be the first woman this or the first African-American this. I want this to be normalized where we can just say that it's a part of society where we don't have to say first this and first that, first woman this. It should be accepted where women are able to do the things that men can do or that African Americans can get the equal opportunity that our white counterparts can get. It needs to be normalized. It cannot be just, you know, the first this and that's it. It has to be normalized and has to be given the opportunity that women, minorities, doesn't matter who you are, what color you are, where you're from, give the same opportunities for everyone else, to put everyone on an equal playing field because everyone deserves the opportunity to shine. And I'm so happy what happened with the Marlins. I also want to give a shout to all the Panthers for hiring their first assistant African-American as their assistant GMs. I want to give a shout out to that because that's actually pretty damn cool. So I want more of this to be normalized. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think it will be. I think I think you'll see, continue to see this happen, uh, and I think it. I think it for sure will be normalized. It, it's one of those things where you're like, I can't believe it took now, but you know we're here, so we might as well just enjoy it and continue to keep fighting. Um, on this this subject, I normally stay away from this subject, and Nick knows that when it comes to politics, I usually stay away. Because I grew up around a time. I grew up. You didn't really see that many athletes really voice their, voice their opinions so much in, in the sense of kneeling or in the sense of, um, you know, wearing shirts. It, it, when I was younger, as I grew up, I started to see more and more of that. And growing up, for me, in this generation, I felt like, okay, this is, you know, this is, we're going in the right direction of life because you grow over time. You see things change over time. You think that people are going to understand how athletes are feeling. I was an athlete. I want my voice heard, too. And so, I mean, it's just powerful, I think, to see how the athlete, how so many athletes came together, especially in the bubble. Um... And especially in the WNBA bubble, we can't. You cannot forget about women's basketball because they definitely spearheaded a lot of these social justice movements, and they definitely um, were in the forefront of having their voices heard. So you, you can't forget about the, the women in this. Um, I think that we have to remember that athletes play such a huge role in our lives, and you know. So many kids look up to LeBron James, look up to Brianna Stewart, look up to so many of these women who have a voice. So is it surprising to see that, you know, they decided, all right, 
I'm going to take a stand and to see the NBA back them up, to see, you know, even the NFL try to come together and back these players up. No, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's definitely taking a stand. It's these generation of athletes that really make them, that really just, you know, make an impact on these kids' lives and our lives that it was, it was, it was totally different. It was just so interesting. It was so um, powerful to see, you know, everything happen this year. It, it's just it's one for the books, you know? Um, exactly. Also with the WNBA, right, before their bubble started, Videos got videos got leaked of terrible hotel situations, terrible food, terrible just 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 all all terrible. And even though it got corrected, that's something that it would have never even been a thought for the NBA. When when you think of the NBA bubble, you're automatically assuming five star hotel. The best food options you can possibly get. Clean rooms, clean carpeting, no rat traps anywhere, right? The players would walk out. They, they, they would refuse to even be a part of it. So, you know, I want to know where do you think we'll get to a point where people shouldn't have to leak videos to change situations. Like, women's sports, especially the the WNBA, should be respected enough. And I think men's pro sports should could actually do a lot better job. One day, you have every NBA player take, taking a picture in the hoodies. That's cool. That's, that's great. But they need to do more. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that women's sports always get kind of the we'll get to you in a minute and that's annoying I especially now that you know we just talked about all these women taking leadership roles and taking these big positions you would think that at this point we'd be at a spot where we'd say all right women we're looking at you the most um I think that's something that we need to change I I think that's something that we need to continue to fight for I think that NBA players help out with that, and I think they're doing a good job of it, of, you know, making sure you're supporting women, showing that they're love and support, but we still can do more. We still can pay them more. We still can make sure that they're not getting, and having to leak videos just to, like, accommodate their needs. Um, there's no reason why we should look at them and say, well, you're okay. A lot of the women, some of the women came to the bubble with, like, their kids. Like, there were, their, their kids were there. Like, you know, the NBA players, they didn't have to do that. You know, they're, they're like, they're at home. So we got to remember, like, these are moms. These are sisters. These are people who definitely love to play the game. We cannot forget about them. I agree. I agree 1,000%, especially that I know that there are a few women that can definitely beat some of the men in basketball. So I just want to let you know that women's sports is on the come up. Let me show some respect to the lovely ladies. I gotta, gotta ask this question. Speaking of the WNBA, now I don't really watch the WNBA because it never really interests me. But you know who did interest me was Sabrina Nuesco. And because she, she got drafted by my hometown area, 
and you know, I jump on the bandwagon. I admit I'm a bandwagon looking fan because I've never seen one game of that. And I think she got promised. What do you make of Sabrina Noesco and what do you think her future holds? Because I think she could be the face of WNBA. I think so too. I hate that we weren't able to really see her play all throughout the wobble, the women's bubble. I hate that we weren't able to see all that. I think that I really like the message that she has for young athletes. I think she definitely is the face. I think she's helping change the face of basketball. I, I think that because I hate to say because she was backed by like Steph Curry and backed by and backed by um, the Mamba himself, Kobe Bryant. That like she's looked at some. She's looked. She's taken more seriously, if I guess you want to say that. Which you know, again, I, I feel like we should take women seriously anyway in that sport. But I think she she has that street cred that a lot of girls are looking at her and saying like, "Dang, I want to be just like her. I want to play just like her." Um, I'm I'm looking forward to see what the future holds for her. I definitely agree. I think she she definitely is going to go down in history as being one of the best. Not on hardwood. I don't want to jinx her. <laughs> but yeah, I I again, I hate that we weren't able to see her play all the way. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, you know, injuries are part of the game. It's unfortunate. Um, these days also, too, right, as as especially when it comes to, pol- you know, pol- political stuff, athletes just can't be athletes. You know, LeBron just can't be a basketball player. Life, life, life would be much easier if he could just play basketball and have to worry about anything else. You know, Michael Jordan and Derek Jeter. You know, wasn't really about that. They were just baseball. They were just basketball. Not, not, nothing questions but that. So if those two players played today, would would they have been just basketball and just baseball? And if LeBron played when Michael played, do you think he just focused on basketball? Oh, that's a hard question. Um. You know, I, I think when that whole Jordan documentary came out, uh, well, the Bulls documentary came out, you, you know, you saw Jordan as the athlete not trying to get involved in political stuff, and now you see him as the GM who is getting involved and in making sure that he um, is aware of all the social injustices going around. Um I don't know. I, I want to say, I don't even know. <laughs> That's challenging. Okay, I'll do the second question. Uh, if LeBron James and MJ play together, would he just focus more on basketball? Is that the question? No, if if MJ played now and if LeBron played back then, because back then oh. no, no one really pressured Jordan on, on that kind of stuff. He was just a basketball player. I think people kind of did pressure Jordan because they, I think they pressured Jordan back then, but I think he took the route of, you know, I want to be neutral. And I think if he played now, um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that with everything going on, I think that he probably might have said something. I, I think he might. I think if he played now, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's a tough one just because of, you know, where he is now in his life and where he was back then. It's hard when you're young. Um, and you don't want to make the wrong move, but I think maybe now, yeah, maybe. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Jordan's favorite 
Jordan's famous line, Republicans buy sneakers too. Jordan yeah. was always not an Apollo guy. I think if Jordan played today, it would be a lot, I think it would be worse for him. Yeah, I'm giving a perfect example. You all see the documentary, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember when he played the Knicks in the conference finals and the Knicks were up two games to nothing and he went out to Atlantic City and he was gambling and some on the tabloids got that picture? Could you imagine if there was social media back then taking pictures of everywhere Jordan would have went? He'd have no privacy. It would be Nine. all over the news. And I, I don't know if he would have some I think he still would have been great. But I don't know if he's able to do the activities he did during he did back then because social media was not big back then. You have to remember, the internet was at the infancy stage back in the nineties. It wasn't as yeah. now. There was no Facebook. There was no Twitter. So imagine if Jordan went to Atlantic City and then all you have to, all you have to do now, take a picture on Facebook. You see LeBron James walking in North Carolina. Take a picture. Oh, it's LeBron James, guys. He's not with his team. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I think Jordan would have been more harassed now than he would have been back then. I think LeBron, I think LeBron would have been had, probably had an easier time I saw political rise, but I think he would not have been as great because back in the 90s, it was a lot physical. So I don't know if Michael, Jude LeBron would have been as big than it is now. But I do want to transition into this one. The Lakers won the championship. LeBron has four championships. Do you think the Lakers are going to repeat next year's champs? I don't know, free agency, you're kind of sure that everyone's trying to get those pieces, but they did. I, I think the Lakers made some, some good moves, like small, like not small, like small moves, but I think they made some like really clever moves to help them, to help them out in the future. Um, I can see them going for a repeat. I can. I, I think that's definitely what, you know, LeBron James wants to do. Um, and who knows, maybe the Heat will come back too, but yeah, I can see that. I think it's definitely uh, what, you, what you go for. No, you don't think so? I think so, but Nick, on the other hand, he's not a LeBron James fan, so he he's a Pistons fan, so he, he's not happy about that. <laughs> okay, okay. See that? <laughs> but um, I do want to ask this, though. Like, I want to stick with um, North Carolina. Um, the ACC season starts with basketball. Um, are, are you, and it's a two-part question, so I want to get your opinion. Number one, do you think North, do you think that we'll get through a college basketball season? And number two, how do you like North Carolina check the winning the national championship this year in basketball? Um, you know, I think we will be able to get through a basketball season. We're already getting through a football season, even though it's a little rocky. But I think. You know, there's less players, and of course, the whole these little mini, these little mini bubbles that they're trying to do, where like they're trying to keep everyone in in one place. I think that's definitely helpful. Um, I do think we will, um, and I always gotta go for my hills, no matter what. I always gotta go for my hills. So yeah, we're going, we're going all the way every year. It'll always be them. So you, you can't, I can't, I will never choose anyone different. That's it. That's that's well, great. Loyalty, loyalty is. Well, I'm loyalty. I'm, I'm sorry, man. Um, the, the Tar Heels are probably not going to win, but hey, man, you know, blind loyalty, man. 
I hope that he. I, I, I think. I think Michigan State's gonna win it all. So. Okay. Well, hey, we'll see. We will see. Loyalty is very Absolutely. good. Have you? Have you watched the Fresh Prince of, Reun- of Bel Air reunion yet? No, that is on my things to do tomorrow. Actually, I'm setting time to just watch it. I've seen so many previews. I've seen so many like snippets here and there. I am super pumped to watch it. Well, it's about an hour and fifteen minutes. It's very good. It's it's something you're gonna want to watch straight through. You know, have a little Kleenex next to you. And, okay, uh, okay. It's 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 exciting. And uh, uh on on Peacock this week, uh Wednesday, they're showing the Save by the Bell reboot. Oh my god, they're doing a reunion too? Yeah. The whole cast is in it so far except for um Lisa and Screech. Really? I yeah, um, Zach, Zach, Zach is the mayor or governor, and he's still married to Kelly, and Slater is, he runs the athletic department, and Jesse does counseling, she's the school's counselor, and, and, and it's also mixing with their kids, so like, Zach's, Zach, Zach, Zach's a father in the show, and, uh, Ke- Kelly has a son, and, and Slater has a son. It's it's it looks pretty interesting. Wow. Sometimes I feel like we shouldn't do reboots. Like, do we really need that? But you know, sometimes it's not that bad. So uh, you know, maybe if they're not you know trying to do the most with this, then I might watch something like that. But you, you, I don't know. You no, know, it depends. I mean, the over the past five years has been reboots, right? Almost every. Thing is getting rebooted. Even even the Fresh Prince, they're they're doing a. They're getting a, a, a rebooted. They're getting a rebooted. So, picture. so you know, it's just if you know if it's an iconic show, you're probably gonna want to bring it back. But you also have to do it good. And and I think that things are separate. Even if the reboot suck, it doesn't mean it makes the original bad. It just means oh. You tried it, and it wasn't great. Like like the new 90210, they made two different versions of 90210, but but the last reboot had the whole original cast, and they they tried it. It just wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, I wanted to watch that, too, and I never got around to it, so I was kind of sad when they... Couldn't go through with it anymore. So I was like, oh. You're not. You're not missing much. Basically, what it was, it was them the whole first season, right? The first episode was them getting together for for a Las Vegas um booth where where people can take pictures of them. You you know, kind of like a Comic Con thing. And then uh, and, and then they steal Tori Spelling's dress. The dress that she wore in the prom episode, you know, where she got caught drinking. And then it was all about them doing a TV show again. So they had to get the cast. They had to sign them the contracts. And then the last two episodes, they they, they showed them getting into trouble. And, uh, you know, uh, Lala Anthony was in it. And uh, it, it wasn't that great. 
okay. Yeah, that's a lot going on. I, I, I don't think I need to watch it then. You don't. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I never was a Saved by the Bell fan. I thought it was kind of like overrated. So. Oh my God. Um, that's probably a reunion that I probably will not care to watch. But if you ever watch The Fresh Prince, I, I recommend it. I, will, I, I had, there was a part where I had some Kleenex that, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to step away from the TV now. <laughs> I got something in my eye, you know, a little watery in my eye, you know, just the uh, allergies. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it's really awesome. Um, I have to admit, here's something interesting, and I, I want to get your opinion on this. The NFC East is the most laughable division ever. I mean laughable, I mean every team has three wins. So we're in, like, week 12, I think, 11, 12, I forgot, but we're getting towards the end. If you had to pick one sorry team to win that division, who is it going to be? Because Eagles are three six and one. The Giants, Cowboys, and Redskins are all three and seven. Somebody okay, has to so, win the division by default. So fun fact: the Cowboys are my favorite team. So, oh, I think it's a family thing. It's a family thing, and um. I was very Kendra, why? I know. So, I know. Uh, I, but I do, do you boy. still got the VCR player? How how are those VHS tapes holding up? <laughs> I know, right? Like, if we're really going to talk about, like, winning traditions, I got to take it way back. Um, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys, of course. <sighs> oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Kendra, Kendra, like, everything, it was going great. <laughs> Then you told me yeah. how it, 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 it stung a little bit, a little sting, but, you know, it's all right. You know, we all can't be perfect. I mean, we're all, we're all not Patriot fans like Nick is because, you know, he's spoiled. Yes, um, my co-host is a spoiled Patriot fan, so he knows what it's like to see cheating traditions. I mean, winning traditions. Look, man, I haven't seen a championship in, in over a full year. It's going to be two full seasons. I've seen a lot of struggle. It's not fun. You know, being being under 500 after 10 weeks of football, it's it's not great. It's it's not something I'm thrilled with, and, and, and it's hard. It's hard to be a football fan out, out here in these streets. My heart are you, for you. Like, I'm are you now a Bucks fan since Tom Brady's here, or are you just like, what, like, what, I am... Because I recently asked one of my girlfriends, her husband, her husband's a huge Patriot fan, and like to the point where he doesn't watch games with anybody by himself. He has to sit in that basement, and he has to watch by himself because he gets that rowdy, he gets that loud, like, first I w- when the Bucks play as right now as Mike Evans just tied the game with a touchdown I want Tom Brady to do well as long as the Bucks are not playing the Patriots I want the Bucks to win games I want Tom Brady to win the MVP I want Tom Brady and the Bucks to to win the Super Bowl this year because the Patriots are not going there 
Um, but I'm a Patriots fan first. You know, those those that are now Buccaneers fans, you know what? They was never a Patriot fan. They they were a player fan, which is okay, you know, to like the Patriots because of one guy. And, and you know, if people are lucky enough to where he stayed with the Patriots for 20 years, you know? So, it's, 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 it's being a fan of a team and there's being player fans. It, it's just like LeBron. You know, they're, they're not a Laker fan. They, they was never a Cav fan. They was never a Heat fan. They're LeBron fans. So, wherever LeBron goes, that's the team they're going to pull for. So, you know, I, I'm not into that path where I bought a Bucks jersey. I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not spending 180 plus dollars on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey. Even though it's Brady on the back, it's still a Buccaneers jersey. So, I won't shit on people for now rooting for the Bucks full time. But then, you know what? You can't come back to the Patriots. Say, say Brady chooses to play his 25th year, his last season with the Patriots. And he's... You can't come back now. Once you left, you cannot come back. Or or you won't be taken seriously. So, I think when a person picks a team, you know, especially once they're, you know, I guess maybe 16, 17, then, then you should keep their team. But, but if you're a young child and you're 6 and 7, if you want to flip-flop, okay, okay I, I just don't care because you're a child. But, you know, once, once you have a team, you... You can't switch because uh, if 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 people did did that, guess what? You are going to a parade every year. Whoever wins the championship, that's your team, right? So it it shouldn't be like that. Pick one person, one team. Lo- lo- loyalty. Okay, so I why I pick the Cowboys. If you can't trade every year, like you just said, so if you're gonna go with the team, you gotta go with the team, right? No, uh, uh, one 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 hundred percent. You know it's. It's it's not your fault that that your owner is a stubborn person and doesn't want to have a general manager. You know, it's it's just it's been a bad bad stretch for the Cowboys. So be be loyal. That's good. You know. At least mm-hmm. the one thing I can respect about Kendra is at least she's a Cowboys fan and she's been a Cowboys fan. She's not like a Patriot fan that just jump on the bandwagon that never understood what it's like to be a Patriot fan before they became good. Like, they were just so terrible that they were once threatening to leave Boston. But, you know, I respect Kendra more because she's endured a lot of mediocrity for 25 years. So, <laughs> I respect Kendra a lot more than I respect any Patriot fan. So, you're good in my book, Kendra. It's a compliment. Oh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> of course. Um, th- th- now, since you're a Cowboys fan, and seeing Dak get injured, obviously when they played against the Giants, I mean, you guys still won the game, but you guys had a revolving door. First you had Dalton, then you had COVID, then you started some Blaine, whatever his name was. wasn't important. You guys still lost. And then Dalton comes back. Then you end up winning that game, and now you're in there. You guys have an easy path in division. Outside of, like, Baltimore, you have some winnable games. If the Cowboys can go 3-3, three and three, they can win the division. You have winnable games. You can win the division, actually. You know, it's never a good thing when, like, your leader 
goes down because I think that definitely hurts. And you already heard that there was, like, mishaps with the coaching staff and everything. I think with this team, it's not even about, like, I mean, yes, it's about our guys not just playing well, but, like, we have a really strong offense. Like, we have some pretty big weapons. And so I think that when you when it's all said and done, you got to put your – Where they can find you at. 
Yeah, so my Twitter is just Kendra underscore Melinda. You can find me there, and it's M-E-L-I-N-D-A. And, of course, on Instagram, like Kendra.Douglas. Um, those are two places you can really find me on, and, and yeah, just come follow me. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, Kendra. Thank you guys for having me on here. No problem. Take care. So they announced it months, months, months ago that there would be an announcement. But it's finally announced today. And starting December 8th, you can catch It's a LaGreca Show on YouTube right now. When you type in LaGreca TV, at the start of it, you see their teaser. It's already at 2,000 plus views. It's 22 seconds long. But after that, you see Don LaGreca's epic metrant, him breaking the microphone, mini rant, you're a punk. Don LaGreca lets loose epic rant on Team Cash Caller. Don LaGreca rant COVID slash mask. And then a couple more of Michael K. And more stuff from Yes. So check that out. That should be good. And we're in the second half of the football season. You know, will football finish? You know... Should should the Steelers and the Ravens play on Thanksgiving? Probably not. But will they? I won't be shocked because NFL doesn't care about COVID. They don't care about people. They just want their pockets to be lined up. And the Yankees are at a point where as each day passing goes of them not Announcing the re-sign of DJ LeMayu. They're letting another person or persons take the chance at re-signing him. Now, may, now maybe his camp said, we'll, we'll talk after Thanksgiving. Maybe his camp said, we'll talk closer to Christmas. So if that's the case, there there's nothing a team can do. You know, if, if his people and DJ don't talk, you, you, you can't do anything. But... It, it just gives opportunity to Steve Cohen to put more money on the table. It gives the opportunity to, for the Blue Jays. It gives an opportunity for the Red Sox. And any other team that wants to re-sign DJ Mayo. Just get it done. Four years, $80 million. If you can't offer that, guess what? You don't want DJ LeMayo. Now, do, do you go five for 100 as what the agent said he wants? I don't think so. But someone also said that DJ would take less to go with the Yankees. So go a year less. Go $20 million less. You want to stay here? Sign that. Now, also, if he does go somewhere else, I tweeted this earlier today. It's okay. And I'm going to stay off Twitter for the whole entire day. Because it's going to be nothing but hell. And it's going to be crap. And it's going to be a lot of stupid people being more stupid. But that's 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 sports, man. At, at the end of the day, they, they play because it's their careers. 
So let them get the most money they can. Don't be an idiot on social media. Just, just to get your peace. Yeah, I mean, well, we haven't seen a lot of big signings, too. Like, uh, we haven't seen anything about George Springer or Ramuto or DJ or anything. I, I think, like, none of the big dominoes have fallen. I think um, that's something that's going to be very interesting to see because I think that, um, I don't know if DJ is going to be signed here or not. I don't know. Um, kind of waiting to see what they're going to do, but the more, like you said, the more they keep passing by, the more that, um, the more that I don't feel confident the Yankees are going to get them, get them signed. Um, you take DJ from this team, the Yankees do not hit well because DJ hits for contact. You need guys, you need a line, well, you need a lineup that can hit with contact. You, you can't get guys to just swing for power. You need guys to hit on contact, and that's what DJ does. He, in this swing, can age pretty well, and he plays a damn good second base. Um, the fact that Buck Walter said that the Yankees should go young, nah, bro. Um, Blake Snell is on the training block. I don't want Yankee fans. You have to be nuts that the Rays are going to be training with you. You know, if the Yankee, if the Rays are going to be training Blake Snell, you know it's going to, it's going to start and end with asking. For Dominguez, for Garcia, for Schmidt, for Frazier, they're gonna want everything. So you're not getting you're not getting Blake. If you're the Mets though, I'd see the Mets trading for Blake. I could see it. At the end of the day also though, it's the best package, right? So if yeah. trading Clark Schmidt and a bunch of other prospects, right? They they don't. They they can get it done without giving Jason Dominguez. They can. The question is, will they? Probably not. But if it if if for what it takes is let's say Clark Schmidt, Ty Tyro Estrada, and two other young pitching prospects, and and if that gets us Blake Snell, do it. You need another good arm next to Garrett Cole. Tanaka is not the answer. Who knows where Herman's gonna be? There's no point in mentioning Severino till June, probably July. And even then, if it's Cole Sevy, and then let's just say Clark Devi and whoever the best pitcher is between Montgomery and someone else, that's not good enough. But if you say towards the second half of the year, Cole Snow and Severino, that's damn good. So. You can't force teams to trade people to other teams, but just give offers. See what it takes. You can't always prospect hug. This is now when the once you get Garrett Cole, the clock starts. You have three more dynamite years of Garrett Cole. After after that three more years of dynamite Garrett Cole, you're gonna have two good years of Garrett Cole. The last three or two years of his contract, he's probably gonna suck. He's going to be a 4th or 5th starter. He's going to be throwing 90-something fastball. So you have to do good this part of the contract. The first 4 or 5 years of the contract, that's when you have to do good. The 9 years is just control and knowing where you're going to be. Or or possibly trade, who knows. But you have to win. I will, 
I will trade one of the younger picking prospects, Tyrell Estrada. I'll trade um, any other other players. Oh my god, you're too in love with Clark Schmidt. No, I, I think if you trade other players, I think that could also get it done as well. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just how I feel. <laughs> you know, that's that is just how I feel. I think, you know, also I do like to see Clark Schmidt get some seasoning because, you know, once Clark Schmidt get his seasoning right, and the last thing I'll say before we get out of here, I just want to say this too. If for if there are people who are willing to let DJ LeMayu go, if they go to five years plus, that's fine. That's cool. But you better not be the same person to want to give Aaron Judge five Years plus that hundred million plus. The two players are not the same. Judge misses at least sixty games a year. That's too much. That's not enough playing time. DJ LeMayu plays a hundred plus games a year. All right. He can play multiple positions. He hits for average. He's clutch with running and scoring position. The two are not the same. People, people gotta stop doing this. And you know if it's if it's not keep DJ and and resigning Clayburn Judge, it's a problem. We need a shortstop. I was in a dis- discussion today because I heard the first hour pinch up strong of of Glaber Torres and whatnot, and and I got into a Twitter discussion with Keith and Joe's. Like people want to just complain. Saying this was a weird year, and they have faith in Glaber. But listen, yes, it was a weird year. But these are professional, grown ass men athletes. Now they can't obviously be ready the whole time, but even during COVID, the the first shutdown before summer camp, you got to be taking swings every day. You got to be running. You got to stay ready. Pitchers obviously not, but. There's no excuses of having a shitty year. There's no excuse. It is your job to stay ready, to stay fit, and be ready. Not not sit on the couch like us and just think you're a regular person. There comes to a point where us paying eight years for a Glaber for 200 plus million, maybe that's not a good, good idea. Maybe paying Judge five through seven years for 150 plus million dollars. Maybe that's not the answer. So, this is our window. If we don't have a championship by 2022, this whole Baby Bomber stuff was a failure. All the commercials, all the videos, everything. It's a failure. And all this is brought to you by who? Brian Cashman. So, there's no mediocrity. It's not good enough to get a hundred and playoff spot. That's not the Yankees. That's this is not the Chicago White Sox. Okay, it's championship or bust. So to not have a championship in eleven years, that's a problem. Yeah, um, in the words of Joe Girardi, um, it's not what you want. Um, 
Yeah, well, I'll close out by saying Yankees, you better get it done. Um, Knicks, you're going to have another losing season, but it's going to be a process. We're getting somewhere. Next, you're going to fall short. Patriots are a joke. Someone's going to win the NFC East. And hockey is back. So that's how we're going to end it. So enjoy mediocrity. As Craig Harden said, and it's a very salient point, no one cares about hockey. Those are words to live by. That makes Craig Carden a great man. Keep listening to Carden and Roberts. Absolutely and not. Not as great as Craig Carden says. No one cares about hockey. You're just mad. 